0: This is an Anami podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the pod. Here we are again with a weekly installment of exploring life, what matters in it, growing up being difficult and how we get through it. Um, Today, I will be answering DMs from you. I love... I love answering DMs from you. It's so fun. Um, We do this from time to time. So make sure you pay attention to my Instagram stories. That's usually where I'm going to submit the the Q&A little box, you know. And um, yeah, we did that here. Pulled questions. You guys had a ton of great ones. Um, We'll do it again. I hope you enjoy my answers. You got me talking. So enjoy. Answering your DMs today, okay? These were sent to me through Insta. All right, uh, let's get into it. This is fun. I love actually answering what you guys have to ask. So, uh, Sunkissed Bay asked, "Do you have any advice for kids who want to be a kid actor, and is it worth the wait?" This is a question I could talk about for too long. Um, Sunkissed Bay, do you have any advice for kids who want to be a kid actor, and is it worth the wait? Okay, Um, you're specifically asking about kid actor, right? Here's the deal with with child acting. You can and should only be a child actor if your parents are legit, loving human beings who have your back and want what's best for you and want to protect you through that journey. Um, I personally, if I have children... I will want them, if they want to act, I will want them to wait until they're at least 18. Um, Even though we need kid actors, stories gotta be told with kids. I've worked with plenty of great kid actors. I had a decent, I had a great experience as a kid actor, but I'm sure you've seen the interviews. This industry wields a lot of power dynamics that are out of balance, and when you get children involved, it's freaky, man. Even, even under the best circumstances, becoming a kid actor, it is a strange life, man. It is strange, it's a strange thing to pursue. You're going to be adopting parts of a personality before you even know what life is, before you even know what you even are or actually care about. You're going to be wanting to perform for others to validate you. It is a strange process, man. It's weird. So I don't recommend kids become kid actors. I recommend if you're a kid who's interested in acting, learn about it. Watch it. Love it. Be passionate about it. Live a normal childhood and get into it when you're like 18, 19, 20. Honestly, go have life experience too. Like you don't have to rush your acting dream. Like, yeah, you got to get on life now, but you got to have life experience to pull from to be anything interesting worth watching. So you also can't just be an actor. You got to go like live some life and, and fail and get your heart broken and things like that. So... So I don't know, man. Yeah, as a kid, I don't recommend any kid become an actor, even though I did it and I loved it. <laughs> so I know it's a little hypocritical, but looking back, it's like, nah, I'd say live your childhood. Um, but if, I, if you're absolutely going to, if you're absolutely going to do it, if it's loud on your heart, you shouldn't let anyone stop you. Go do it. Um, and to do that, get into, well, yeah, you got to get good. So get into an acting class. You got to be around a community of other people doing it. Um, You got to watch out for snakes and competitive people and weird adults. Like there's a lot of obstacles and a lot of things you got to look out for while you're pursuing it. Um, And then you got to get ready to receive just an unending amount of rejection. That isn't personal, but it's going to feel personal. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Go for it if you want, but uh, I'd wait. I'd wait. And then when you do get into it at 18, when you do get into it maybe after college or in college, um, understand you're getting into something that needs to be a long pursuit. Don't rush it. Start integrating it into your very soul, into your being. Learn about the history of acting and and great actors and what they were like and what they embodied and what they focused on and what they read and what they worked on. Watch great films from great filmmakers. Like, you have to become obsessed with it. You have to bring it into your fucking soul, man. And look, not all actors do this, but I disagree with that shit. I think you got to fucking love it, man. And then know that it's it's a lifelong pursuit. Um, okay, I'm going to answer another question. Beep, beep. Um doodly, doodly, doodly. I mean, okay, this this one's in line with it. Uh, how do you cope with rejection? Any practices or mantras? Ramey? Um, yeah, how do I cope with rejection? Uh, oh, my God. An actor will experience more rejection in their life than anyone else. I I think that has to be true. Like we are putting ourselves up for rejection and there are tons of beautiful mantras and tropes and platitudes that when you're in a good place are so easy to understand. One of the great ones is it's not rejection, it's selection, which is true. The producers casting things aren't going no to him because he's unworthy and an ugly piece of shit. He's a shitty actor. No to him. That's not what they're doing. They're looking through hundreds of tapes or people and they're going, oh, that guy, I like that guy. And I like, and that guy's like the role. And oh, that girl, like, yeah, she's the role. Like they're selecting, they're not rejecting. However, if you love it and want it and are going after it, you cannot help but feel the rejection because when I want an audition, when I really feel like right for something and I love the script and oh and it y- you kind of have to open your heart up to what it would be like to do it and book it and film it. You open yourself up to the possibility of it to work on it. You go, like, yeah, all right, what's my take on this role? And like maybe you get a callback and maybe you get a second callback, then you're really starting to open up to okay, what's my take on this role? But also, what would it feel like to get that call to book this? So you're starting to open yourself up to the possibility. I'm sure you guys know, even if you're not an actor, you know in life when maybe you like somebody and you start to open up to the possibility that you could be together, right? You start to fucking feel into the future and you start to feel, oh my God, like life is possible and life is expanding and how exciting and how nerve wracking and all all that beauty. And then they just reject you. And then they're with someone else. <laughs> it hurts, man. It hurts. And I think it has to. That's the, other, that's the other thing. To be an actor, you have to be open, man. You have to be soft. You have to be open to your emotions. You have to be authentic with what life feels like. You can't shove it all down and be cold. That, you, you'll be a shitty actor. You have to be sensitive. So, like, <laughs> so you're, like, opening yourself up. And then putting yourself out there to be rejected hundreds, thousands of times, it's its devastating. But the practices are continuing to return to what you can control, what you love about the work, what the blessings are in my life. Like I have to come back to what I'm grateful, like get some perspective. Sometimes after enough rejection and enough self-pity, I have to step away. I have to go on a, a trip. I have to go experience some life that doesn't have to do with this and remember like, okay, life's more than just this pursuit, even though this pursuit is super important to me. Um, But yeah, it's hard not to internalize that rejection, man. It's hard not to make it feel like it's something's wrong with me. Something's wrong. I'm not handsome enough. I'm not cool enough. I'm not mysterious enough. I'm not dangerous enough. Do I need to do I need to fucking become an alcoholic? Do I need to become fucking dark man? I don't know. Let's find another question. <laughs> um, oh, here's a fun one. Who would I go gay for? <laughs> thanks, thanks for that question, Mel. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's some beautiful men out there. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Gosling. I mean, if Gosling looked at me and said, "Hey, baby, tell me you love me," I'd be like, "I love you. I love you so much. Kiss me." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Gosling is at the the top of the list, but you know, there's a there's a there's a few men out there who are just too goddamn charismatic and handsome for their own good. That you know, it you go. This is beyond me being gay. This is just right. <laughs> All right, call me Ryan Gosling, Ava Mendez, his wife too. I mean, it could be. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Woo. Got a little sweaty. <laughs> Woo. Anyways, um. Oh, here's a great question. Uh, from Retina, Retina, Retina. Um. Uh. How you felt? How did I feel recording a movie I did called Bad Sister? Okay, let me tell you guys. Uh. Let me tell you guys a story, okay? Um, I love acting, and I try and be a good actor. What that means is I, I study it, I work on my craft, I'm in class, I'm a thespian, I read plays, I try and get into the pretentious nuances and beauty of this craft, right? But then I also need to work, so then I book things like Lifetime movies, um, which are not known for their high artistic qualities. Bad Sister is a Lifetime movie I made. Let me just let me just run down this plot for you guys, all right? All right, let me run down this plot for you. Um, listen, uh, good storytelling, basic rule of storytelling, you want your protagonist to go through a transformation. You want your protagonist to go on a journey. You want them to... Uh, learn some things along the way, go through some some struggles and come through the other side changed, sometimes for the worse in a tragedy. But a lot of times you want them to come through it a little bit more, a little bit better. All right, let me me run down bad sister for you. I play a kid named Jason who sings songs on YouTube. I have a twin sister. We go to a Catholic school. A stalker, middle-aged woman of my YouTube stuff finds out there's a new nun at my Catholic school, and she says, I know what I'm going to do. She murders that nun and steals her identity so that she can become my teacher, okay? She seduces me, a teenager. We have the sex in the confessional of the Catholic school. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank God my nana was dead at the time because if she wasn't, this movie would have killed her. <laughs> so we have sex, my character gets seduced. I have sex with her. My, my sister, my teenage sister, my twin sister, she says, something's off with this, this teacher, Jason. And I say, shut up, I love her. She, she has sex with me, shut up. And then she's like, no, seriously, man, there's something wrong with her. Um, I proceed to get a girlfriend, a regular aged girlfriend in high school. the This fake nun stalker murders her, okay? People start dying around the school. She starts getting crazy with me. I do have sex with her one more time, of course, because obviously. Um, then I go, you know what, sister? You might be right. She's a little weird, but I'm still unsure. Uh, it leads to this big climax where... Uh, uh, I stab her with a screwdriver because she's trying to kill my sister. Um, The very next scene after my high school girlfriend has died, people have been killed at the school. Uh, The the nun who was supposed to be my teacher was murdered. We find out the woman I had sex with multiple times was a murderer. Um, All of this happens. And then the, the, the movie ends with my father who never approved of my music career at graduation, giving me a new guitar, approving of my music career. That doesn't make any sense, guys. (laughs) This isn't a a story that makes any fucking sense. My character learns nothing. I lie the whole time. I lie about my relationship with this woman. I continue having sex with the murderer. I eventually... uh, come along for the fact that she's a murderer and I stab her with a screwdriver and then I get rewarded by my father with a new guitar and support and my family's happy even though my girlfriend's dead the nun is stabbed like it was utter insanity so how I felt making Bad Sister I felt like what the fuck am I doing, guys? Like, what the fuck am I doing? I know you guys are entertained by these movies, I get it. I'm entertained by them, but this is not what I wanna be doing. This is not, also, we don't even get a chance to like explore the acting performance of these movies. we're, We're on low budget. We're making every scene in one to two takes. Like, I get one to two takes to say my lines and we're moving on. There's no exploration. We're just getting it done. My character makes no sense. My motivations make no sense. My character learns nothing. But at least I had sex in a confessional. I don't know. I don't know, man. That's how I felt. I felt like, holy shit. And after that movie, I said, man, listen, I had a good time with everyone on set. I loved everyone on set. That's not the point. But I was like, man, I really can't do another one of these. Like, it hurts my, my spirit to do these. Um, however, it's been long enough. If I booked one, I'd do it. I'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> if I booked another one right now, I'd do it. Because I'm a slut and I want to work. Okay. Um, Okay. (laughs) Let's consult more DMs. Uh, Bring back Ned's Declassified. Hey, Bupton, I've tried and they don't want to. Welcome to the podcast. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, What else we got? What is my biggest motivation? Says Podraska Wika. What is my biggest motivation? Um, What is my biggest motivation? Hmm. Motivation is a tricky thing because there's like that day-to-day motivation that you need to just like accomplish anything and to put down instant gratification and work for some long-term goal, which sometimes is hard to come by. Sometimes you're not going to feel motivated, but you just need to do it. Just that Shia LaBeouf, just do it. Just do it. He's so on with that. It's so correct is sometimes you just need to shut the fuck up and just do it. You don't need motivation. The motivation will come if you just get into the work of it, right? But I will take that question as what is my biggest motivation to like keep pursuing life? Not just my dreams, but this life and being a good man in it. Um, My motivation is that one is that I've been given a lot of blessings from my family. Is that I have... I have been given gifts in this life, and so I feel motivated to to be responsible for them and be to honor them, to honor where I've come from and what I've been given. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, part of my motivation is when I'm not <laughs> when I'm not utterly depressed uh, and struggling with my own existence. I fucking love this life, man. I fucking love this life and I love filmmaking and I love music uh, and I love adventure and I love fucking intimacy and, and love and I love getting to know myself and I love getting opportunities to, to realize my potential. I love getting opportunities to be a fucking good man in the world, right? So that's my motivation in part is I love this shit. I want to be good. I think it matters, I think there is meaning in this life and in that pursuit. I don't think we ever get to get there. I don't think we ever get to reach whatever that place is that we want to be and who we want to be. I don't think you ultimately hit that mark. But I do think there's so much fucking meaning in pursuing it. And I want it. And I love that. So I think that's another one of my biggest motivations is that I love it and I want it <laughs> and I have it. Yeah, great. <laughs> Let's do another one. Let's do a, a last one, um, which, wow, wow, that's kind of deep. It's kind of deep, man kind of deep. Uh, what, oh, wow. Well, actually, so many more have come in. How much time we got? Okay, we got a, we got a couple minutes. Okay, here we go. Um, <laughs> which moment of my life do I consider the best? Which moment of my life do I consider the best? Yikes. That's brutal because there's plenty of moments in my past that I could look back at and consider the best, but I, they bet, the best moments of my life better be in front of me fucking better be otherwise what am I doing here you know and I do believe they are in front of me um but but moments of my life that were beautiful being on Neds was one of them those three years were beautiful um Mm -hmm. the many times I've been to Burning Man incredible incredible life incredible life incredible living I went to Burning Man for those of you that don't know is like this crazy not a festival, festival, week-long experiment of human beings and art in the desert with fire and dust and insanity and tutus. And I went from 2011 to 2016, and uh, those moments, I've had some of the most beautiful moments of my life out there in that desert, um, feeling the most free... Maybe I've ever felt in my entire life, and it's it's glorious. It's a glorious thing. I think uh, experiences like that, peak experiences that that shatter your understanding of reality, uh, are good and necessary, and you need to seek them out sometimes. Um, yeah, and sometimes they get maybe commodified or changed, but no, go seek those experiences out. I, I have nothing but but love for the the festival culture, and um, yeah, there's things you can judge about it, but man. People are going out there to set free their hearts, man, at its purest. And those have been some of the best moments. Um, Yeah, great. Uh, (laughs) Let's answer a few more. Someone asked, am I a Jewish? Interesting phrasing. I am not a Jewish, but um, I have many friends who are a Jewish. And... uh, I love them and respect the culture. All right, <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's see. Someone asked OnlyFans Stephen Cinerari. All right, you guys want to know some? You guys want to know some fucking real shit? All right. Here's the deal. Here's the here's the fucking deal, guys. Here's the deal. All right. Um, OnlyFans, hilarious question. I could just brush that question off, but I'm gonna tell you some shit. <sighs> Listen. The last couple of years I've gone through some moments where money was real tight for me. And uh I, that is not okay. At a certain point it's not okay. Like you need money. Money is freedom in this world. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it kind of fucking does. Uh, yeah, you got to have some self-worth. You got to know some things about yourself and life. But money kind of can buy happiness if you're if you have the right perspective, because it buys you freedom. It buys you opportunity. It, it, it literally affords you possibilities and choices in your life. And when money's super tight for a long time, life gets real small and real anxious and it sucks. Um It's okay for a time, I understand being an artist pursuing the things that I'm pursuing, it's okay for things to get tight for a time, but when it doesn't open back up, I mean, just part of being an adult, we've talked about it, you gotta be responsible for what's going on. So part of that journey for me is looking at, how do I figure this out? I don't wanna go get a normal job. How do I figure this money thing out for myself? And uh, I have definitely more than considered OnlyFans. (laughs) I have thought about it, as much as I don't want to slut myself out to you guys on the interwebs, it's a viable way to afford myself some monies. Could buy myself some freedom. I would like to have the ability to go on all the travels that I would like to go on, you know, and maybe have savings. <laughs> so I have thought about OnlyFans. And... uh I never landed on the side of yes, but I, for a while was just sitting with the decision like, all right, what would that look like for me? What would I actually do on there? It kind of made me, give gave me like, ugh, it made me want to throw up a little bit, but also I was like, maybe it could work. Maybe I rebrand Ned as like, you know, a sexy little slut, you know? <laughs> <laughs> listen I'm not slut shaming I say sl- slut as a term of endearment I don't mean it in a derogatory way I mean in a way that you fucking own it right that I own it that I embrace my my inner slut <laughs> um yeah honestly honestly I think for so many women out there and men I guess doing only fans like dope dude they are now their own boss and it comes with some weirdness for sure I got friends who do it it comes with some weirdness but it's at a distance because the most of the weirdness is through the phone. So you can like shut that off and hopefully not see the people in real life, but it comes with some weirdness, but I got no shame on it. Like people are able to afford their lives now and be their own bosses and make mad money. Like, cool, man, get yours, do it. No shame. Do it. I almost did it. Um, if this, if these podcasts don't work out, you know where to find me. (laughs) All right. That'll, that'll be it for, uh, for this round of DMS, my sweetie, sweetie listeners. Uh, we'll do this again. We'll do some DM episodes from time to time. I think it's, I I love answering your guys' questions because I love knowing, like, what do you want to know? What do you want to know from me? This podcast is unlimited. I have everything to talk about. So we'll do this again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for submitting your questions uh again if you don't subscribe to this podcast and share it and download it and like it enough um i'll be on only fans in a couple months actually i shouldn't say that because that's going to inspire some of you to like sabotage the podcast oh i gotta call my therapist again goodbye Thanks for listening to that Onemy podcast. Onemy is a creator-led educational platform that teaches you the things you wished you learned in school so you can thrive in adulthood. Onemy lessons are completely free and they're taught by some of your favorite creators from around the internet. Head to onemy.co to start learning about things like budgeting, investing, taxes, how to thrive in your relationships, how to find your dream job and so much more. That's onemy.co. O N O M Y.co. See you there.